Okay, welcome Mel to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So for the viewers that don't know you, um, just give a wee brief intro of who you are and what you do, please. Okay, so um, my name's Melissa, but I prefer Mel. Um, I do multiple things actually. So my actual career, I'm a mental health nurse. Um, I have been for qualified for about 17 years. Um, predominantly worked in forensic mental health. So that's been where, you know, people have maybe committed crimes when they weren't well. So kind of rehabilitation, um, try to integrate people back into society. Um, so that's my full-time job um, and on the side above that I do so I teach fitness so I teach pole fitness Um been doing that for quite some time on and off for about 10 years maybe right. um, I also am a boxercise instructor um, again I've been doing that not quite as long as pole but six years maybe yeah um, I do a little bit of MMA and stuff as well um, I actually teach booty dance as well, so kind of twerking a bit of dance stuff, and um, I do some fire eating as well ah, right. at times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're very unique, <laughs> if I was to say so. Um, so, no, um, it's good to have you on, um, Mel. Uh, thanks for giving up your time. So, obviously, you know, you've been involved in fitness a wee while, but what we're going to do is we're going to go back to your school years. Um, oh, okay. What, you were, in, <laughs> what, you, what were you involved in then? What sort of activities? Oh, um, now we're going back a while here. So when I was in primary school, actually, I was in... I played in the football team. Actually, I right, played okay. football when I was in primary school. That was a long time ago. Um, I was a bit of a tomboy when I was younger, actually. So, um, yeah, football team in primary school. And then high school. So I went to an all-girls um, high school. Um, but I was really involved in a lot of sports there. So I played in the netball team. Uh, I was in the basketball team. I was in the hockey team. Um, so, yeah, different bits and pieces. But also, uh, this it wasn't like at school but it was when I was at school I used to do Irish dancing as well so I've done ah, that for right, a okay. long yeah for a long time ah good so you've, you've really been involved with fitness you know your, your whole life you would say yeah yeah and then obviously growing up uh, in adulthood did you have any challenges um within fitness at all um I think I've been quite fortunate that I can take to things quite quickly. So I'm fortunate that way. And, you know, I'd, I'd done Irish dancing for a long time. So actually for about 13 years, right, this is really random, but I started when I was five. So I think I kind of had, had strong legs and stuff, you know, from doing that yeah, for yeah. so long. So I had a really good basis um, to start with. And then... I didn't I didn't start pole straight away after that. So I, I, I was just a kind of regular gym goer, you know, try different classes and yeah. things like that um, when I first started out. Um, but I've never been a conventional fitness person. So I've never been your go to the gym, go on the treadmill, that conventional fitness like nah, that has never really been my thing. Yeah, it's a bit boring, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to 
how to describe being on a treadmill. It's like just a wee hamster. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I know, I, I just, I've never really, I actually, I just don't really get it. For me, you know, I really admire these people that, you know, are on treadmills and they're in the zone and they're like, yeah. you know, headset on and they're just running. I just can't do that. I, I don't know. I just can't, I can't get into it. I just feel really silly just running, going nowhere. So, yeah. Um, in terms of challenges like fitness, um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I've been pretty fortunate, or, you know. Or would you say, you know, obviously you're involved with mental health. Did you have any mental battles growing up? Um. So, yeah. So I guess kind of growing up, I'm from the East End of Glasgow, so not from you know, not from a background of money. Yeah not from a background of having any kind of privileges or you know I've got three sisters I've got a big family you know we didn't have money so my my parents didn't have money to send us to kind of after school clubs or anything like that you know that that was our upbringing so um yeah so that was more you had to be a bit inventive when it came to kind of your sports and things like that so um my dad was a mechanic so he was we built our own go-kart you know so that was Aye. that was my kind you know what I mean so kind of fitness sports that kind of competitive we kind of started from that so um yeah we would build our own stuff to use because we didn't have you know the finances yeah to be able to go yeah. to after school clubs or sports clubs or anything like that so we had to kind of make do with what we had and be a little bit inventive yeah no totally and then, so let's talk about, you know, you mentioned pole fitness. So you were, yep. a, you were a gym goer. So how did it become about that you got involved with pole? Okay, so what happened with pole is my younger sister um, had said to me, oh, Mel, you know, me and a few of the girls went to this fitness class, like pole fitness. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, you, should, you should come along. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. Um, and I went the first week so that was it from there I was absolutely hooked from there so I went the first week and just get so addicted to it and kept going and my my wee sister stopped going like she she, I don't think she ever (laughs) went back with me Um, so I started going with her um, and they abandoned me and I I just kept going nah good and uh Obviously, you're still, is it the same club you're still going to, or is it a different one now? Uh, no, so back then, I'm trying to think, that would have been about, t- oh, I hate saying this because then I need to admit my age. I think that was about <laughs> ten, 10 years ago, maybe, um, I'd started. So that was a place in the town called um, Independent Pole Fitness, and you get lots of different, like, aspects of pole fitness. You know, you get the dancey side you get um, the classical side, you get the more contortionist gymnastic side. So there's lots of different styles within yeah. pole. Um, and that that one was predominantly fitness-based. So there was no dancing, no heels, no anything like that. Yeah. It was purely like fitness-based. Um, so that's how I started. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I say, I got quite addicted to it, right? And then was going <laughs> like numerous, numerous times a week. And within a year, um, the girl that ran that was looking for more instructors because she was 
um, expanding our business and opening up other studios because that studio was in the city centre. So expanded it and was looking for more instructors and asked me if I'd be interested. So that's how I got into the teaching side as well. So it was within about a year of doing pole that I ended up teaching. No, good. And then obviously you do you do teach um, your classes, but have you have you got a class every night or is it certain nights you've got classes? Um, so the studio um, that I am in just now is in Hamilton. So it's not it's not really that far from me, so it's quite handy. We run classes every day. Um, so we've got classes every night, um, Monday to Friday. We have a few classes in the afternoon during the week. Um, and we run classes on a Saturday morning and a Sunday afternoon. So there's classes on every day. Ah, good. So you're, you're very busy. Um, yeah. Obviously, try to, um, between that and your job, so a busy schedule. Yeah. So so let's talk about uh, Fire Eater. How, how did <laughs> okay. that become about? <laughs> okay, I know. That's really... Um, so I, I do perform in pole or competitions there's lots of competitions and stuff in pole I prefer performing rather than competing Um, for competing I just don't feel because of my full-time job that I can give it the dedication that it really needs I don't have the time to train like five six hours a day for a competition so if I'm going to do it I give it 100 percent so for that reason I, I prefer to perform if I'm doing anything so that there's not that competition kind of element to it yeah so in performing um I've, I've been to lots of competitions seen lots of performances and um I'd seen a few people doing um fire eating you know fire breathing tricks and I always thought it was pretty cool and then um one of the other kind of people that I know through through Paul had said oh there's a fire eating course like are you interested in it so I thought oh like it's either going to end really badly and I'll you know have no eyebrows or whatever left or you know what I mean so um it's someone who is very well known in the kind of fire breathing world kind of perform circus performer his name is Shade Flamewater um and he does workshops across the world so it just so happened that he was coming up to Scotland to do a workshop um so we booked onto that and we went to that so that was that was how that started so so how how was your experience of that and how does it work um okay so the first experience so you, you get all the information sent to you know what kind of clothes to wear um and about funny things that you wouldn't really think of but then when you know about it you're like all right actually that makes sense so maybe about you know makeup or whatever so anything that's kind of could be potentially flammable so you know so they they tell you about things like that what kind of clothes to wear but dark clothes but that's because the kind of the suit off the fire sticks and stuff you can get quite you know it can be quite dirty yeah um so we went you have to buy the fire sticks um they're not too expensive they're okay so I'd got bought them so when you go you get taught the kind of basics of fire um how to use the wands like how to put you know add the fuel what what type of fuel to use so that's how it starts so you kind of get a bit of education on the types of fuel to use how the fire burns and when the best time to do the tricks with it is what color the flame is when you can do specific tricks 
um, we also learned some really cool like party tricks where I don't know if you've ever watched any kind of fire um, breathing performers so it looks like bubbles you know like just fairy bubbles yeah, you know yeah. like washing up liquids and actually there's a trick that you can do that you can put it on you and set it on fire right, so okay. that that was pretty cool so that's how it started so it was just that gradually introducing the fire the safety aspects and then it progresses on to being able to like extinguish it with your hand um, and then eventually you know put put the flame in your mouth and extinguish it or then transfer the fumes to another to set something else in fire yeah. so yeah so so how long how long ago was that you done that you so that? yeah the, the first course i done was a couple of years ago um but it's like everything else it's something you really need to practice yeah. you know it's like eh, learning any skill isn't it so you really need to practice and i'm a bit of a perfectionist so i want things to happen yesterday so um yeah a lot of practice but then so I was I'd done a few performances just in the the pole studio that I was teaching at we have kind of regular like events and stuff like that so I'd done a few performances there and then um things quietened down because of covid yeah um yeah so he then the same person was back doing a tour for teaching so I went back to him so he came back up to Scotland but this time it was a bit more intense there was more one-to-one time because he had to limit the numbers with Covid so it actually worked out better because you get more one-to-one time and practice time with him because he's amazing so I actually learned more tricks at that one so it was a lot more advanced kind of stuff like how to transfer like using the vapour holding the vapour into your mouth and then igniting the fire sticks and things like that. Um, and I don't know if you, you might have seen it on my social media. So I've got, there's a picture and I'm standing with both my arms out and both of them are on fire. Aye, aye. Aye, so that. that was it, one of the most recent. Um, and I was due to go back to one of his workshops. Um, it's normally comes up about September time, but it just hasn't come up this year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so... I'm looking to do more, but you just want you want someone, an expert there to kind of help you because it's something that if it doesn't go right, you know, it'll go better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you're you're teaching and you're you're working. So you know, when when you're teaching, are you getting a decent workout yourself? I always find that the balance quite tricky. Right. Um, I think the more you become the more you teach the less time you've got to work out yourself um and pole is one of those things that when you teach you're not actively doing it as much so you'll maybe you know you'll do the warm-up and you're showing moves but most of the time you're maybe spotting people you know helping them get into the move or making sure they're safe so you're not on the pole as much so you're not doing that same workout yeah so I'm someone that I expect quite high standards but of myself so I like to get a lot of training in out with teaching because I think being an instructor at anything physical I think you need to maintain a really high standard to be able to teach other people so I need to I try and fit in as much training as I can so like tonight so I, I taught um a boxer size class but it's in the pole studio so I teach boxing there yeah. as well 
but before, so I was in for an hour and a half before class so I could get some pole training in before the class came in. So I try and fit it in as much as I can. So I'll train before the class or I'll train after the class so that I'm getting a lot of training in. I I think I'm probably the same, you know, if I'm covering a class, you know, uh, indoor spin, uh, I'll try and train before or after as well. It's just, it's trying to fit it in with full-time jobs as well, you know? Yeah, I think um, being, being a fitness instructor and I think... It's maybe a bit worse for pole. Um, people look at you and they really scrutinise how you look in terms of what your body's like. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm not someone that's like, oh, you need to be a certain size. I never weigh myself or anything like that. Um, but it's more about the kind of healthier attitude about it. But people do look at you and scrutinise you, um, yeah. because you know, because you are teaching fitness but I like to maintain really high standards of what I'm teaching because I think it just makes you a better instructor if you're still continuing to learn and develop yourself. I think then you can pass that on to other people. No, definitely. And then obviously you, you mentioned high standards. So um, what about your nutrition? Is that, are you very strict on that? <laughs> I'm going to laugh here. Um, <laughs> nutrition, yeah. So... Um, I'm not, I'm not super strict. I think people, well, it depends what condition I'm in. I'm never really far away from being in a really good condition um, because of the amount of train, but I, I can be disciplined when I want to be um, for a specific reason, but I'm not, I'm not too, oh, I can't eat that. I can't do that. I don't, I don't let nutrition dictate my life. Um, I think, yeah, I think you need to have a balance. I I don't think, see, this is a topic where people, when they ask me, I'm I'm really particular. So I don't agree with a lot of um, fad diets or these things. I really, you know, I know each to their own and everyone's got their own opinion and stuff, but I really don't agree with them. I think being a mental health nurse, I think it's more a psychological um, issue about food or it's used as a coping mechanism for for another, you know, for a stressor or something else that's going yeah. on. And I think it's more unhealthy habits or a mindset, which is not so easy to fix. I'm not saying it's an overnight no, fix, but I, I, I think it's more about the relationship with food and the reason why you're doing it, more about what you're eating. So I'm not one, so calorie counting or you know, whether it's red days, green days, you know, intermittent fasting, whatever it is, I'm not really a big fan of that personally because yeah. I think that you're, I think you substitute an unhealthy thought about food to something else. And I don't yeah. always think that's helpful. So I've never been like super strict with diets or anything like that. Right, obviously, you, you've got a nice balance between your, your water, your fruit and your veg, you know. Yeah. Keep it nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, good. So, if I was to ask you, what's your f- most favourite part about delivering pole fitness? What would you say? Um, one hundred percent, seeing people's confidence increase. Yeah. Um, pose. Um. So, like the first class, you know, you'll get people coming in, 
and they're really self-conscious and, and we get this a lot they'll say oh I've been wanting to try pole fitness for for ages but no one would come with me so I was waiting until someone else would come with me and we hear that a lot and then they maybe get fed up because their pals pulled out about 20 times so they've just decided to come on their own and that first night you know they're really self-conscious they they want to keep as much clothes on as they can now the reason in pole where we wear hardly anything is because we need our skin to stick it's the skin that gives you the grip on the pole so certain moves you need certain bits of skin so you need that grip so doing certain moves like you couldn't have leggings on because you need that you know you need that grip in your thigh or whatever it is so the nicest thing is those people that come in on those first night and they're really self-conscious, they're really anxious um, because they feel really scrutinised and they're standing there and they feel really uncomfortable. It's then seeing those same people, like, you know, a little bit down the line, feeling just really confident and just feeling good about themselves and not thinking that the size that they are or what level of fitness, that it doesn't matter. So it's never been about for me like that people can boom out the latest moves, you know, that they're like, oh, look at me, I've got this move first time. It's not about that yeah. for me. It's seeing that actually that they've, their self-esteem's got better and their confidence is a lot better. That's the biggest thing. No, totally. And then, so obviously we, we touched on earlier about the pandemic. So how did you cope your, yourself? Obviously, you're, you're a nurse, so obviously you were working throughout, I yeah. would imagine. Um, but obviously, you must be seeing a lot on the other side of post-COVID now. Yeah, so from a professional point of view, being a mental health nurse, I think we're not really prepared for the fallout that we're going yeah. to get from COVID. Um, we're seeing lots more people um, with depression, anxiety problems. Um, you know, suicide rates have went up. Yeah. Um, you know, people in financial difficulties losing their home. So I, I think the fallout of COVID from a mental health perspective, I don't think we're prepared for it. I don't think the services are quite prepared for that. And that worries me a little bit. Yeah. Um, because you know what people are going through through no fault of their own and who are they going to turn to you know and the services aren't quite prepared for how to manage that um you know I did I worked all through COVID um that was difficult the challenges that we faced were very different in the hospitals um but from a fitness point of view as well that was that was really challenging in terms of you know, fitness is what a lot of people use for their coping mechanisms, you know, improve their mental health to make themselves feel better. Yeah. And to, I hate this, I hate this saying, but it's it's the it's the term, the mental health term. So, you know, people do things to self-soothe, you know, to make themselves feel better. And yeah. exercise is one of those main things. Um, and that ability for people to cope and feel better was kind of, was taken away. So, and you know, I'm, I'm no different in that, you know, I was fortunate that I was still working through COVID. So I didn't have those financial concerns or worries or what, because I work in the NHS, I wasn't worried that I was going to lose my job. Um, 
but the things that I do to make myself feel better I couldn't do either you know you couldn't just go to the gym I couldn't go and like punch the punch bag or you know train with my partner and hit pads you know and get rid of those kind of frustrations um and and like everybody else that affects you so you're not as active um you then you know you maybe put on a bit of weight your fitness you know your your cardio levels are a bit less they're not as good so it's it's a bit of a vicious circle and I think I was like everybody so at the start was doing lots of online stuff you know um so you know at home and you're all motivated and you're like yeah you know I'm going to do a zoom kind of class or whatever and I'd done some of that at the start and then the novelty kind of wore off a little bit um and then I really missed um boxing because I love boxing I love I love hitting stuff um so I really missed that because I'd been I was boxing like maybe about four times a week um, and going from that to nothing um I really struggled with that so I ended up buying a punch bag you know in the bracket and stuff like that to go in the wall outside um but because of COVID, everyone was trying to get fitness equipment, weren't they? So Aye, of the, course. the prices of things went through the roof and then trying to get a punch bag was really difficult as well. But I finally got one. Um, but again, your motivation when you're in the house, when you're training yourself is not is not the same. So yeah. I kind of I struggled like that with everybody else. Ah, definitely. And then we'll just say that, obviously, we always talk about, you know, how exercise helps <coughs> excuse me um mental health but i think even like you know just going a, a five ten minute walk as well yeah getting out, out in the fresh air um because i've done a podcast uh, i think it was last week and it was with walking football and basically it was a gentleman he's 81 and basically his only social interaction yeah. once a week with the guys from walking football so it's things like that, you know. Yeah. You know, so I not having the ability to see people, just yeah. be around people. Yeah, so I think people go out for social interaction, you know, just to Yeah. Um, but okay. So let's talk about, you know, we, we spoke earlier about your nutrition, how you're not always on top of it. But within a gym environment, what smells bad habits? Oh um I know you're a perfectionist, but you must I have know I am. Hat. I know. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tough one. We can come back to it. Oh, I know. I'll need to think. Uh, because of... Um, we're, we're doing, like, boxing and kind of MMA stuff, um, and being a female that does that type of sport as well I've always felt the need to push a little bit further yeah um because I don't like that um label or stereotypical attitude of oh she's a girl and she can't punch or you know that kind of thing so I I think maybe one of my actually you know I know what it is my biggest problem or bad habit in fitness is not knowing when to stop you know that keep pushing you know whether that's I don't know to prove a point to myself or if I'm injured and I'll still keep going that's probably my worst habit so you obviously (coughs) excuse me so you obviously mentioned earlier you know you know your 
you're teaching quite a lot and you're, you're working. Um, but I was going to ask, do you happen to have a rest day as well? Um, so that I, could I, be, yeah, so I'm, that could I'm be like this. Bad habit. Yeah, I, probably. Yeah, that is that's it. So overall, that is my bad habit is not resting, not stopping, not knowing when to stop when I need to stop. So that that factors in a lot. So I actually had a dislocated shoulder, but I didn't know. Um, and well, I was getting pain because it was pretty sore to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I had that for about I don't know, maybe about four or five months, and I was still training full time in that. So that was pole, that was MMA, that was boxing, all of it. I didn't stop. Um, so absolutely, it's not known when to stop and have that rest when my body's uh, telling me yes. that it needs to rest. I think we're all the same. Eh? <laughs> it's um, so bad, isn't it? It sure is. So. If I was to say to you, you know, you went into your pole studio or into your boxing gym, uh, what's your pet hates you, you hate to see that within a, a gym environment, the things you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in a gym environment, um, I hate I hate people that show off, you know, that try to show off in the gym. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I hate or you know that looking in the mirror you know this people are doing weights and stuff right and yeah. then they're like you know lift up their top and like check their abs out in the mirror I hate that kind of thing um yeah. so that's a bit of a pet hate when I'm in the gym I hate that um in the pole studio this might I don't know if this is maybe the same for other kind of fitness classes I have a real, I hate when other people, like so students, try and teach other students in the class moves. That's really my pet hate because um, that can happen quite a few. I don't, I don't know if other fitness classes are the same, but in pole fitness, you can get that. You know, you, mm -hmm. you're teaching a move, you're giving them the safety points, you're yeah. telling them I'll spot you. Like you turn your back for two seconds and someone's trying to show someone a move that they're maybe not ready for or something. So that's yeah. my pet hate in the studio. I, I totally get that. I think um, that's the problem with the, you know, the the fitness industry, um, you know, the gym environment, because everybody thinks because they go to the gym, that they know. But the fact of the matter is they don't have insurance. They're not yeah. qualified. So. I know. That's my biggest thing in it. Is, is the insurance, you know, you're like, I actually had to work hard to get my qualifications and my experience or whatever, and I pay insurance, yeah, you know, exactly. and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you don't take other people's health lightly, you know, that you're concerned and, and you know what their ability is. So you know what they can do, what they can't do, and you know how to push them and when to yeah. kind of hold back, you know, and other people are like, Oh, I'm just going to show you. Aye. So that's my that's my biggest. <laughs> so, um, what's your favourite exercise within pole or the gym environment? Um, gym environment, one hundred percent punching stuff. One hundred percent. Um, so striking in any capacity, whether that's punching, elbows, knees, kicks. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, it gets rid of a lot of anger. Um, I just love the kind of adrenaline from it. Um, 
and Paul. That Paul's a hard one. I would love to be more flexible. I can't do the splits, um, so I really need to work on my flexibility. But mm, strength moves at Paul. So I prefer strength stuff. Um, so yeah, strength, strength okay. moves. Okay. And then say you went into another instructor's uh, pole class. Um, what would be the worst exercise that you would do for you? Oh, I do go to other other pole studios to train sometimes because I, I like to still learn and be a student. Yeah. So, so I do go. Um, I know what it is when they're teaching a move that's like a flexible move so that's got a split or something in it because I just dread it because I'm like I can't do the split so I can't do this move so I'm more of a faker you know I'm like an illusion person so I'll I'll get the picture at the right angle so it looks like I'm doing a split when I'm not really so I'm a bit of a faker when it comes to that what about in the gym environment what's your worst exercise I think it's got to be burpees. Uh, do you know, they're the work of the devil. I'll do them. But when somebody in a set's like, right, we're going to do burpees, I hate it. Yeah. I will do it, but I hate it. I hate right. them. So when you're training as well, um, what's the, the best type of music that gets Mel going? Oh, okay. In the gym... So if I'm punching, like, or training in the gym, so something with a good beat, so something a bit dancey, but not over the top, like, rave dancey, yeah. you know, good beat, um, kind of a bit motivational. In the pole studio, that's very different. It depends what I'm doing because I teach kind of, like heels routine in pole. Yeah. So I, I teach a dance class at pole on a Saturday. So I like stuff that's got that kind of slow, steady beat. Yeah. Um for for in the pole studio. So that's what I like for yeah. in there. Okay. And then say, you know, for example, your your playlist is mucked up when you've hit the gym floor. <laughs> what would be the worst type of music to walk at that door? Oh, <laughs> Heavy metal, Heavy you know, metal. it's just not my thing. I made this mistake a while ago. So we we're in the studio, and I'd said to the girls, "Oh, what kind of music? You know, like I'll put it on. You decide." And someone picked, honestly, they picked heavy metal. And I, because I said that I had to put it on, but the full <laughs> class, I was like, why did I do that? It was Aye. awful for me. I never let the participants. I know, I should. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what do you want? You know, you just can decide. And that's what they picked, heavy <laughs> metal. The worst <laughs> kind of music for me. Um, What about in the post studio? Would there be any type of music that would really put you off? Just apart from obviously heavy metal. Heavy metal. Heavy um, metal. Not, not really. Like if I'm in training with Heidi, um, she, she's into really dancing music. So if yeah. it's her playlist that's on, you need to just accept oh, it. You I know, you need to it. just go with it. You're like, right, okay, I don't know what this music is, but I'll need to go with it. Aye. But I'm always really 
um, conscious. So sometimes when you put on a playlist, um, you know, some of the music and what comes on, it's like the explicit version. Oh, aye, aye. Do you yes. know, have you ever done that? And aye. Like I'm doing a warm up or something and it's a good song, but it's the explicit version and it comes on and then I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Because you're like, oh, who's in the room here? Because that might be offensive to people. Exactly. So I've done that a few times and I'm like, oh, I really need to scream my music a bit better. Aye, I think um, I, I try and make the point, you know, once a week that I'll make a new playlist, but obviously I'll need to go through <laughs> and listen to the music first. <laughs> um, so if I was to ask, you know, what's your best memory of your fitness journey overall? Um, well, that's a that's a tough one. I think there's lots of little mini achievements along the way, isn't there? Yeah. Um. Sorry, my dogs come in, right? Like one oh, of my dogs, okay. and he's sitting here, and he's like trying to sit in my knee, and I'm like, stop it. <laughs> um. I think. In Paul, um, it's always when you've finished a performance, you know, or a competition. So you've been training for months yeah. and months and months um, doing really hard, grueling training, you know, your body's like tired. But that moment when you're on stage and you've came off and you've performed it and you've nailed it, like that's always an amazing yeah. feeling. Um, But in terms of general training, so like my boxing and MMA, so... I've had the opportunity to train with some pretty fab people yeah. um, in MMA. So um, I haven't trained for a while there because of lockdown and stuff, but I was training at the Scottish Hit Squad. So yeah. um, Chris, Chris Bungard was my um, coach. So, you know, getting to spar with these guys and like yeah. and Paul Craig's and, you know, like that's been some pretty good moments because you're learning from these experts. So that's been some really great moments there. So that's oh, been a definitely. good achievement. You know, getting to train with these kind of professionals has been oh, exactly. really, really good. And you obviously mentioned the, you know, boxing, MMA. Um, have you ever done a fight at all? Would that be your thing? No, I, you know, I did I did think about it. So when I started training with Chris um, at the hit squad, like he, he'd actually, he'd said to me, he's like, He's like, I'm not being funny, but you can punch harder than a lot of the guys in this gym, right? <laughs> Which coming from him was a pretty good compliment. But I don't know. I think my age kind of put me off a little bit because I started boxing a bit later. Um, and also, I kind of like my face the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Aye. I kind of yeah. like it the way it is, you know? So aye. I just love the training. You know, so oh, I, I like my face well, the way it is too much. So I don't want, nah, I don't want, you know, yeah. some teeth knocking out or anything like nah, that. Yeah, so you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Um, but you, you actually touched on uh, my next question. So my next question was going to be your best compliment you've received within uh, your fitness journey. Yeah, probably that was that was up there with one of them, you know, yeah. coming from Chris Bunger who's, you know, an amazing um, fighter. Um, he's a bit of an animal, you know, for him to say, you know, maybe you should fight because you can punch harder than most of the guys in here. That was yeah. that was up there. That was a pretty good compliment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 
if I was to say, you know, who who's inspired you throughout your full um, fitness journey or a role model? Um, um, it could be, you know, one of your other instructors you've met or maybe a coach or, you know, a class participant, etc. I guess I would have to, Chris Bungard is one of them. Um, you know, seeing his journey and how he's got to where he's got to is, you know, I admire him um, and what he's achieved. He's a real person, you know, with real life struggles and how oh, he got definitely. to where he got to. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I think the, the girls in the studio inspire me all the time. Um, and it always amazes me like what people are capable of achieving when they put their mind to it and put some effort into it. Um, there's someone in the studio just now um, and she recently put a post up of not a massive amount of time. I can't remember the length of time, but her weight loss and the change in her physique is phenomenal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. I'm, I'm more inspired by like the everyday people, you know, the people that come no, in definitely. and just through that kind of graft and that yeah. putting the work in. So that inspires me. I prefer that than, you know, kind of celebrity fitness people, because I think, you know, it's easy for them to get people involved, nutritionists, dietitians, exactly. you know, people who make their food and to, you know, give them that step by step. You need to do everything and they've got the time and money yeah. to do that. So I'm more inspired um, by everyday real people. No, definitely. And I think as well, you know, talking about that is like celebrities, right? So they, they've obviously, they, they've got the money behind them to, to fund, you know, the, yeah. um, the nutrition side. Whereas the common people, they, you know, we've got to, you know, work on a budget. So I know. It's, and it's difficult, you know. Um, exactly, and, because the... You know, healthier eating is more expensive. Definitely. You know, it's more expensive to to prepare fresh food or healthier food than it is to buy takeaways or, you know. No, definitely. Um, and if I was to say to you, Mel, what's the one thing that you would like to change within your fitness journey in the next year? What would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, be more flexible. Flexible. <laughs> work work <laughs> more in my flexibility and stretch more. Yeah. Okay. So what we'll do is <coughs> we'll give you quick fire questions. Okay. Okay. So cardio or weights? Cardio, don't do weights. Okay. Crossfit, yes or no? Oh no. <laughs> Tried it. No. <laughs> and I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Burpees, yes or no? No. <laughs> I'll do them, right? I'll do them if I was at a class and I was told <laughs> I would do them, but it wouldn't be my choice. Okay. Squat or deadlift? Oh, see, I don't do weights, right? So I'm going to say squat here, but deadlifting to me and pole means I deadlift my own body weight. Right, okay. So I probably deadlift more, but my definition of de- deadlifting is I dead weight. I deadlift my own body weight, Aye. so I do that a lot in pole. Aye, so. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, this is the 
the, the big one, pool fitness or boxing? Oh, <laughs> mm, if I had if I had to choose one or the other. Yes. <laughs> you can call that one a tie. This, this is a tie. This has got to be a tie. <laughs> ah, good. And then, you know, obviously you, you work in mental health and you're still an instructor. But where would you like to see yourself in the next one to five years within health and fitness? I am currently thinking about opening my own place, fitness-wise. So my vision is more um, not just physical health, but obviously that mental health kind of wellness side of it as well. So... I'm not sure what that looks like yet. So I'm in the kind of vision stages in my head. So I'm thinking like a kind a coaching. So like, a, you know, but not just physical coaching as in, yeah. you know, PTing, but as in that coaching to help people make better decisions um, to plan and, you know, have better lives. But no. by enabling them to to do that themselves you know not telling them yeah. what to do but helping them figure out how they do that themselves but incorporate fitness into that so that's that's my idea no good and then you know if you know what advice would you give to any person want to join pole fitness and um, going up for the first time um, what would you say to them just do it don't wait for your pal, you know, because you'll be waiting ages and ages. Um, go. The hardest thing is walking through the door that first time. That's the hardest thing. But once you've walked through the door and you've done that, then that's it. Yeah. So just just get that part over with. No, fantastic. And then it's been great having you on, Mel. Um, so obviously, what's, where's the club that you, you train out of and where can people find you online? See my dog's tail there. Look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. Um, so the pole studio is in Hamilton. So it is called HHL Pole Fitness. Um, you will find us on Insta, on Facebook. Um, I also teach boxing in there as well. So we run yeah. boxing classes, pole classes, um, stretching, conditioning, and. Um, some dance classes as well so you'll find me in there that's like my second home (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh good and then before the round up have you got any questions for myself no um i guess i'm just quite interested in what you're doing you know like with this kind of real people I really like the idea of this and, you know, real people kind of helping other real people. Aye, so, so if I can... So effectively, <coughs> excuse me, so I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts, um, but I lost weight when I was a um, just a lifeguard um, going to the gym and two gym instructors helped me. They gave me my nutrition advice and gave me a programme and then on the back of that, I lost weight and then you know, I passed my qualifications and now I'm a gym instructor, PT. But I've, I got thinking uh, a couple of months ago that I need to have a different angle and a different view yeah. of uh, health and fitness because I think in the industry, um, a lot of people are 
probably worth slightly for this, but um, the industry can be very toxic. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Competition and people just try to undercut each other. Yeah. Whereas I think we could all learn from one another, you know, be business partners. Um, we could be a lot smarter, learn from one another. Um, but that, that's my view. Um, you know, but if I would, you know, if I've done, say, up to 40 interviews by Christmas, and I can inspire one person. I'm happy. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is right. You know, I've I've worked in lots of you know different gyms, and the environments are not the most healthiest of places to be. Um, it is very competitive. People are not always the nicest either. Yeah. Um, that's the good thing about the pole community. Actually, is really supportive of one another. Um. So I re- that's what I really like about that. And, you know, thinking about my own kind of vision and what I'm looking to achieve is, is more that, you know, not just that, oh, I want to look a phys- like physically look a certain way, but that overall, you know, being supportive of one another. Um, sorry, Matt. Now no, I've got two, so two dogs trying to sit. <laughs> right, down, down, down. Sorry. Um you know, people being more supportive of one another. I, I just, I don't understand the competition and why people need to put other people down. But I know the psychological thing behind it is because that makes them feel better if they're putting someone yeah. else down. So I'm, I'm like you, the angle for me is about, you know, that overall helping people be better and be yeah. better to one another. No, totally. And I think um, within the industry, you know, um, you know, business owners or personal trainers, all they see is pound signs and they don't see the yeah. actual the, the client, you know. But um, I think we could all be a wee bit better at noticing our clients and yeah. what they want to achieve out of things. Um, but no, um, any other questions, Mel? I don't think so, just now. Probably later on I'll be like, oh, I've got questions I want to uh, ask you. But no, well, that, that, that's good because obviously I'm going to do uh, my own podcast um, but it's just going to be me chatting about my fitness journey. Okay. And that's going to be uh, a special one. It's coming out Christmas Day. Christmas, <laughs> actually. I saw that post, actually, and I reread right, so. it because I thought, he's talking about Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've actually got that much uh, material podcast that I'm actually having to throw them out every two days in now. Oh, um, well, but that's good though, isn't it? Aye, that's... so I've got so much material. Um, but no, if you've got a question or ten questions, fire them over and they'll right. be answered. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mel. Thanks, no problem. Cheers. <laughs>